1: I'm not taking any questions.
0: Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit.
1: You're listening to Cabbie Presents,
0: the podcast. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the Cabbie Presents podcast. Thank you for hanging with me. If you're listening to this on Apple or on TSN.ca or on Spotify, thank you. Or if you're listening on some other platform, this is awesome. And I appreciate your time. If you haven't already, go ahead and just scroll down on your phone. Or scroll to where it says subscribe, click that button. And if you feel like giving five stars to your boy Cab, give five stars. I know you would like to give five stars. I like five stars. Go ahead and give it five stars. I have a five-star story right now. It's the Toronto International Film Festival in our city. And it's huge. It's probably the biggest event in the city every year. My good friend Cardinal Official, who is a recording artist, a producer, I've known him for maybe 15 years. And he hit me up with a text a few days ago. He's like, hey, do you want to come to this party? Um, Dave Chappelle is throwing this party after the premiere of the movie A Star Is Born. Um, I was like, yeah, man, that'd, that'd be cool. Cardinal's been on this podcast before, detailing this pa- these parties that he's attended at Dave Chappelle's farm in Ohio. And it's very much like a juke joint, like just a... A great vibe. So I'm like, yeah, let me go experience some of this. So I roll up to the uh, the venue, which is at Masonic Temple in Toronto. So like young and blurred, like right in the heart of the city. Uh a venue which has had icons play there for decades. So on in the invite, Cardi's like, yeah, come at like midnight, like midnight to two. I'm like, all right, cool. So I get there, there's a list, get in, and the first person I see walking out of the party, and this is about twelve twenty. Bradley Cooper. And Bradley Cooper is surrounded by people. I'm like, oh, wow, Bradley Cooper is here. That's cool. So I kind of walk around the crowd, and I just want to go right in. I want to find my friend, Cardinal Fish out. And on the way in, I'm walking up the steps. I see my boss. And not just, like, my direct boss or, like, my second-level boss. Like, the president of TSN is, is heading out, and I was like, you are the last person I expected to see at what I'm thinking is a Dave Chappelle party. And, uh, and I'm like, I'm so glad you're leaving and I'm arriving and we're not at the same place at the at the same time because my behavior would be drastically different. Get in there. And uh, it feels like a film festival party. And I wasn't expecting that kind of a vibe. It was like actor types and some producers some mark a lot of, felt like a lot of marketing people like that kind of a thing and i see a, you know a few speckles of some people that i recognize shout out to mayday i saw dj eloquence uh, my, my guy mark strong i see rainbow sun franks some familiar faces femi and then to my right i see a dude and i'm like oh i recognize that guy's face and I, it takes me maybe 15 seconds. I'm like, oh, that's Todd Phillips, the director of Old School. I go up to Todd Phillips. I'm like, hey, man, I've stolen so much of your material in the past. I want to say thank you. And I randomly interviewed you on a junket for the movie. And I blanked. The movie I was thinking of was The Hangover 3. But I, all I could think of was Old School. That was my first introduction to Todd Phillips. And, you know, he's the guy that comes to the door. He's like, I'm here for the gangbang. And I couldn't remember, so I was like, and I said to him, I'm like, it was the third of a trilogy. He's like, The Hangover. I'm like, yes, The Hangover. I'm like, I'm so sorry. When I interviewed you, I was talking about football coach Bill Belichick, and you said the word clandestine. He's like, I did? I'm like, what? in what context? I'm like, I don't remember, but I use clandestine once a month because of you. So, thank you for that, and also, thank you for your art, because I've stolen so many of the lines that came out of your brain, and on the page, and on the screen. He's like, thanks, man. He's really appreciative. I kept it moving. You know, at those parties, I'm sure guys like him, if people recognize them, just want to post them up for, like, half hour. But then, there were bigger celebrities there, and I'm sure they felt a similar experience with other partygoers. So... Uh, I see my dude, my dude Keith Pedro, Big Norm, who are some local comedians, very very funny dudes. And Keith Pedro and I are at the bar, and Keith's like, "Yo, is this an open bar thing?" And I start laughing. I'm like, "Yeah, man, these these film festival parties are generally an open bar." He's like, "All right, cool." My guy goes three shots of wh- three whiskey on the rocks, like healthy pours. Like in Canada, we don't have the same kind of pours that they do in the United States. Canadians listening to this will understand if you've. Been to some uh, rest, uh, bars in the United States or clubs, you know that it's a free pour system, and we don't really get that too much. Maybe on the East Coast of Canada, but not definitely not in Toronto. And so anyway, it was free pour. Cardinal is is like on another floor inside this venue, which is like sort of a rectangular space. There's a stage with a big curtain. It's like a theater. And he's on he's on the mic and he's oh, you guys ready for Dave Chappelle? How many people saw the movie A Stars Born, Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper? So from 9 to 11, it was the Warner Brothers party, it was the after party for the movie. But then the party party was gonna start at midnight. So the rest of the Riffraff uh Cardinals friends were coming at midnight, with myself included. Around 12:30, Dave Chappelle just appears on stage. I'm like, whoa lights up a cigarette, welcomes the crowd. I'm like, okay, it's about to start. And I'm off to the side. I'm like, let me get into the middle of the crowd because I want to feel this vibe. And usually at a Dave Chappelle show, he's got these pouches and you have to put your phone in the pouch so that you can't record any of the night. They didn't have that at this party, but he still urged the partygoers just to enjoy the vibes and not be on your phones and stuff like that. He introduces a guy named Fred, who is this Harmonica player, and I wish I could remember his name. Oh no, it's Fred Yone. Got it. He's like a maestro, an impresario on the harmonica. My dude is playing like it, it starts with a very Prince, Princian type of set. They start with nineteen ninety nine and then they go into Brick House. There's a brick bum 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 house. I think it's the gap Band. Um then they start playing some go-go music which is like um a uh, native to the the DC area it's like it's got just an extra groove it's funky but not like the George Clinton type of funk it just got a, a higher tempo um so there's sorry there's like s- the seven piece band so there's three horns a rhythm guitar a lead guitar a drummer and Uh, Piano player plus the horns and then Fred on the harmonica and Fred is playing the harmonica as though someone was singing So he was hitting all kinds of notes and it was amazing and uh, Chappelle had said that he was touring He was touring with Stevie Wonder and played shows with Stevie Wonder doing the Stevie Wonder parts with the harmonica for Stevie Wonder Which is like an incredible feat. You have to have so much talent to be able to perform with Stevie Wonder But anyway, this is just to tell you the level of talent that this guy Fred Yone had Then they go into like a New Orleans interlude where they they and the horns start coming through the middle of the of the venue, three guys and Dave Chappelle's like, "Oh, we need some lights." So they get onto the lights. They had they were awash in this sort of red hue in the in the audience, and then hear the the horns come up, and they take the stage, and then Dave Chappelle goes into the original sample of the song "Can I Kick It" by. A tribe called quest and i can't remember what that song samples but they go into that then the band plays some original song and then go into like a 10 minute uh version of i know what place boom ain't nobody crying i'm sorry for singing i'm just excited because this party was amazing um, Is in the movie crooklyn. I'll take you there as the name of the song I can't remember who sings the song one of the actors in the film this guy Lucas Nelson or maybe he was a musician in the film he comes up grabs the Lead guitars guitar because his guitar wasn't working and then he just like rips this like solo He does a call-and-response with Fred the guy on the harmonica and it was amazing This guy's got long. He looks like a younger version of Willie Nelson You know, when the rhythm hits you or the music hits you like so deeply in your chest and your body, your face starts to scrunch up like you saw a hockey player get hit in the face with the puck. You know, that facial expression that you just like, and I'm doing it now because I, and it's just that sheer pain that you feel by watching someone get hit in the face or, or hitting the, hitting the, the family jewels or the soccer ball or something. It was that I had that expression on my face because Lucas Nelson and Fred Yonet going back and forth. The groove was just so dirty. It was amazing. All of a sudden, so after that groove, Dave Chappelle gets, he's talking to the audience, gets body checked on the stage. It's Michael K. Williams, who is most famously uh, in the show The Wire. He was also played Chalky White in the show Boardwalk Empire. He comes up there. He's in a three-piece suit. He just looks dapper. And he starts, what, a, what an entrance, like body checking Dave Chappelle on the stage, and then they they start to groove. So then I go back to the bar to get another refreshment. At the bar, Michelle Rodriguez from the Fast and the Furious movies. And then I say to Michelle, I'm like, Michelle, were you in, were you in the movie also? She's like, No, but I saw it. It was amazing. It's very much America in 2018. I'm like, Oh, so wait, they get into like, socio political issues and they talk about the economy and the environment. She's like, No, no, no. It's just like a story very much in 2018 about a musician and about an artist and like in that regard, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. She's like, it's really, it's great. She was like super complimentary. I was like, all right. And then like, she went to cheers and I didn't have any uh, refreshments. My adult beverage was empty. So I didn't want to, and I don't even know where that comes from. Everybody knows where that comes from. Please let me know where, you, where you, if you don't have a, a full drink or even some of a drink in a glass is bad luck if you cheer somebody. So I didn't want to give her any bad luck so I didn't do a cheers. I'm like, if I see you again, I will cheers you. I didn't see her again. I get back to my spot on the dance floor. California love. They start playing. And then it moves into dirt off your shoulder again. It's like Chappelle at some points is singing or reciting the lyrics to the songs, and he knows seemingly every song. But other times it's the harmonica player leading the vocals. Goes into uh, "Between the Sheets" by Ron Isley, which is then goes into Notorious B.I.G. And then we switch to Big Papa, and then it goes Welcome to Jam Rock, and then um, then Dave Chappelle has all these um, uh, like. All these compliments for Cardinal Fishel—it's amazing to watch because Dave Chappelle is an icon, and then here he is just showing so much love for a Canadian icon in hip hop, Cardinal Official. So Cardi's like, "Yeah, it's been—it's a 10-year anniversary," uh, and I'm just talking to you guys as though I was—I ta- would talk to you in my living room. <laughs> Cardi didn't pre- perform that song; he did—he um, was freestyling for a bit. Uh right after that, Dave Chappelle brings out. Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya was the lead star in the movie Get Out. My guy with the with the big watery tears, you know, with Katherine um, Keener swirling the, the, the spoon in the teacup, and then we saw him in Black Panther as well. That was super dope. Now it's like 155, we gotta sh- close up shop. You know, Dave Chappelle tells a story about Roberta Flack who created the song Killing Me Softly, Uh, She saw him in a show in DC and so boom we go into Kill Me Softly and then we obviously we get into the Fuji's version Everybody's singing and then they do an encore. They do Tenderness by Otis Redding, which was sick I'm surprised I have a voice now because I almost it was one of those nights where you sing so much that you you feel like the next three or four days your voice is gonna be messed and That's what it was like because I was fully in the group and I felt you know sometimes I don't know if you guys have this um, feeling because some of the grooves were, like, from the 60s, 70s, 80s, I started dancing like my dad and a little bit like my mom. And I had to catch myself at one point. I'm like, who who am I becoming? Like, what's going Like, my two-step is a version of my dad's two-step. And then when I start, like, when my arms start getting in the air, it's a version of the way that my mom dances. And it was uh, not a good look. I'm a grown man, and it's not a good look to be boring dance moves from, both of your parents. Anyway, the night ended, and another actress from the film performed the Alicia Keys version of How Come You Don't Call Me Anymore. This actress had some pipes. After the show, I went up to Dave, and I said, hey, man, thanks so much for bringing that to Toronto. It was very cool. He's like, oh, no problem, brother. He's, he's very nice, but then like, there was a bunch of people around, so I just wanted to give him some props and then dip. I have some other concert stories coming up in the next, I'm going to say, 34 seconds. And I hope you enjoy this conversation as he steps into the booth right now.
1: Up in the studio And I remember this other time Where uh, I used to always get on punishment And told not to use the phone
0: You know, I'm honest I'm
1: I'm literally giving people a picture Of what I went through At all aspects Mm -hmm. of my life Honestly, almost anything goes It's amazing to, you know To step into the ring with someone like like him Who are you and where do you come from? May I ask
0: I've never met this man But I've admired his talent, his passion, and his badassery from a distance for a while. Anyone with the last name Spikes can only operate at one speed in the workplace, and that's 100. A renaissance man who expresses himself creatively through photography, helps mold the young minds of our youth through mentorship, and whose 15-year NFL career at one of the most brutal positions in sports continues to inspire. Please be joined by Takeo Spikes. Welcome to the Calvi Presents Podcast, sir.
1: Thank you. It's, it's it's a pleasure. Truly a pleasure to be here in the 6. <laughs> nice.
0: Nice. Are you uh, okay, now as you say in the 6, there's a guy named Jimmy Prime who invented that saying, but it was then amplified by Drake.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I guess I guess I would say I'm part of that millennial. You're a millennial? Though, no, but I'm I'm part of the following though, <laughs> just like you are. <laughs> That's true.
0: That's true. I recently went to a, a Drake concert and um and I was trying hard not to like put my phone up to record some of the moments. Cause like <laughs> when I'm 60, am I going to remember a Drake concert from 30 years ago or will I have some footage on my laptop or whatever the laptops are in 30 years? Actually it won't be. it just like show me Drake and it like show me, show me the footage and then it'll just project somewhere, wherever the frig I'm looking. Um, so if I don't like record those moments, I may not remember like the feeling. Are you one of those when you go to concerts? Do you pull your phone out or do you try to live in the moment and enjoy everything around you?
1: See, that's a good question because when dealing with photography, so many times you you want to capture everything. But sometimes it's good just to sit back and just be in the moment. So for me, I do both. Um, I'll get hot early. I'm going to bring out the camera phone, get everything that I can get. <laughs> but for the most part, I, I try to make make sure I have a good balance.
0: When was the last time you went to a concert and you lost your voice?
1: Like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't really. I know you're from the uh, south, so I don't know. Who. No, no, no. This is good though. Um, Outcast, when they came back about three, four years ago, they did a concert in Atlanta. Oh my goodness! Listen, man, listen, I'm, I'm telling. Did you. they sell out the dome? Like, was it? was no, it, it was in the middle of a park downtown Atlanta, and it was amazing. I'm talking about amazing. So to that point, I lost my voice, and I was very happy about it the next two, three days after that. That's incredible. Yeah.
0: Wait, now, when you went to that concert, did you have the big Canon, like your actual like camera camera, or just have your phone, whatever version of iPhone oh, no. or Samsung you or LG back you had back then? Listen,
1: I made videos, I made boomerangs, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the phone battery died. It, it was that good. What is the, do you remember
0: the earthy smells, the aromas in the air in the open park at Ah, that time? Ah, yeah.
1: Smelled a lot like. Was Mary
0: Jane there?
1: Mary Jane was there. She was there, yeah. And in passing, she was going (laughs) by. And I just admired with my eyes.
0: I would admire, yeah, with my eyes and uh, my other senses too, uh, <laughs> mostly my uh, taste and uh, smell. Um, okay, so you played uh, for the Bengals, the Bills, the Eagles, the Niners, the Chargers in your 15-year career. You probably had like over 1,000 teammates in those 15 years in the NFL, um, and as one of the more uh, masculine uh, men and the, dare I say, alphas in the in the locker room, uh, I want to quote you on something. You said recently, everybody will tell you the truth and they don't care how you feel. And we earlier we mentioned in your feelings, Drake, whatever, Damar. So with that said, when you were dealing with teammates, either jokingly or being real with them, how many feelings did you hurt,
1: Takao? I hurt a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But you, you have to understand it goes back to what you talked about. You're in a locker room with alpha males. And you understand everybody has an ego when they walk through the door. But it's your job to understand the tone, the tempo, really feel the mood of of understanding how to get to certain guys, and certain guys you can just hey like hey, I need for you to make that play, and that'll get them going okay, and certain guys you just have to say, "Hey, like we're out here it's supposed to be eleven, so I really need that eleventh guy to show up, which is you, so we're waiting on you, so you know it's it it all depends, and I think that's the special thing about. Uh, not just football, but the, about the, the sport, just athletics, is being able to have that candid conversation because you care. Like, nobody wants to lose. Like, yeah. everybody wants to win, but are you willing to do the little things in order to, to get that win?
0: Kevin Hart has a similar uh, quote, and I, and I was on your Instagram, and I saw you saying this to to a group of young men at Auburn. He said, everybody wants to be famous, but nobody wants to do the work, oh, which yeah. is similar to, to what you said. So when you're, when you're dealing with... Uh, young kids, whether they're elementary age kids or, 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 college kids, do you, and we live in a different era now, like we, do. we come from a tough love era, but now uh, we're, we're a little bit softer with, with, with kids that we either we mentor or we speak to. So do you, how much do you dial back your tough love if at all? Or do you remain like, listen, this is the way I came up. And these are the, I, le- I learned these lessons the hard way, and I'm going to impart that knowledge with you, and I'm going to be 100% real.
1: Well, the, I think this is the constant thing. I think when you're trying to reach the millennials, as what a lot of people say, uh, they are more so geared towards how can I have it now? How can I put it in the microwave? <laughs> right. Hit it on 10 seconds and get it out, and it's right. what I want. So I, I think it's important for people to understand if you want to get your message across and you can present it however you want to, like that's the beautiful thing about it. You can present your message however you want to. So you how do you, c- how do you do it? I present my message before I even present my message. It's important to let them know that you care. Now, if you show them that you care about them, then you can present your message however mm-hmm. you want to, but they're not trying to listen to you if they don't know and they don't understand that, he literally cares for me so this is the reason why he's doing it so you really have to show them the why first before you get into you know the the steak and potatoes of it <laughs> i i once interviewed uh ray
0: lewis and um and I, we're going to get into fantasy football in just a second and i suppose you came in the league in '98, so yep. you came in the league before fantasy football was, has exploded, and exploded. It's, it's everywhere. Like people, mm-hmm. man, I go out and dudes are asking me about like who they should take with their third pick, or they go girly. or they. I'm, not, I'm just like, I'm gonna say, man, I'm I'm trying to enjoy this tequila and soda, and you're preventing me from making some bad decisions. So I appreciate that, but also I wanted to enjoy this tequila and soda. But my point is, um, he said, so so in his in his era, same era as you, um, video games. Were, were what they, they played, like Madden, those titles. And they played Madden for pride and push-ups. So if you lost in a game of Madden to Ray Lewis, you had to give him 10 push-ups anywhere you guys were. On the plane, like in a, not in a taxi, but like out, on the in the lobby of the hotel, like you owed him those 10 push-ups. Because they, they didn't really, I mean, some guys play for money, but it was pride. Yeah. In the Bengals or the Bills or the Chargers locker room or Niners, um, when you guys were playing those games, were they for pride or did you guys play for money? Like, okay, let's put a hundred on it or whatever you guys played for.
1: Well, you know what? The the money factor was always there, but it was it was one thing in particular. It was the pride, and that pride came <laughs> from. I give you a great story. It was called u Daddies," and people say, "What is a you daddy?" So that means if you lose your bet. I can ask you whatever, Cabby, I can ask you whatever question I want to ask you. I can walk up to you in front of the head coach and say, Cabby, who's the baddest linebacker you ever met? You got to look me in my eye and say, you, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that was a pride factor.
0: Oh, my gosh. That it just emasculates a dude like oh, man, you, a uh, you level you break of him down. one million.
1: You break him down. And so that was the pride factor of it. That was like, that is what we wanted to see. You know, we want to see you humiliated. But at the same time, it's like respect. He owned up to the bet. So we'll leave him alone.
0: Uh, And I was just mentioning just being out randomly and and fantasy football so huge that like so many dudes want to talk about it. It's like I I asked uh, some of my lady friends, like, what is the is there a version of fantasy football that exists for women? Like, what is it? Because dudes are, like, so insane about it. I want to be in eight pools, ten pools. And, like, I have a friend who's, like, my guy is just a, such a, my guy is always prop bets. Like, he goes to the next level of gambling. But just regular fantasy football. Yeah. Do people, when they talk football with you, do they do they actually want your football opinions? Or do you find that they just want to tell you who they've drafted and who they think is, is great?
1: Oh, like, no. No, they want the opinions. Oh, they do? Okay. Like, they want it. In order to make the draft, I'll give you a prime example. The other day, I had a friend of mine. He called me all the way from the West Coast and said, Spikes, my draft is tonight and I need for you to help me. And I'm like, bro, I don't have time to be on the phone just trying to help you pick your draft. <laughs> so I sent him to one of my sites that, you know, is pretty good. It had a, a lot of great players listed. And I told him, I said, look, it's only six guys competing. No, 12 guys competing. The first 60 guys you see on this list, you can't go wrong. Right. Like you will not go wrong. So understand, it's all a method. It's all about. For me, my approach is I'm gonna make sure I pick the next best available player. That's what you do, okay? That's and and I drop by position It's probably the wrong move. But that's how teams do it. You know, oh, I mean, in the, in the, in the real world, in, in the real world, you can go off a of needs. Like, pick your immediate need, no doubt. After you get that first immediate need then you go off the next best available player and trust me you will see your roster have so much depth as the year goes on especially when you have bye weeks or if somebody oh, gets hurt hell man ah I, Sorry, I needed to have, have got... this conversation with you a week ago my dude well we we can find another league you can play
0: in i'm i uh, i may have been referencing myself earlier <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm in like i think 4 possibly 5 Football, like it's it's bad and you know the good thing is they're not all for money So I'm not like sweating by like week eight, you know running back goes down a receiver I'm on the waiver wires going for that w4. I'm like, oh, who can I replace because it's a week. thankfully it's uh I'm not there yet. So uh, but I, I'm, I I'll still take your counsel because you're a wise man And I know that you uh, you have influence and you have uh, great nuggets. Yeah to impart Okay, so you're working with uh, LG and, and you mentioned photography earlier I heard a, a podcast you were talking about uh, in San Francisco when you were with the 49ers, The trip to London you, is when you, you really started, like, oh, really uh, caught your curiosity. So you started taking p- pictures of guys in casual settings. Do you just take video with your phone and then just capture photographs with your, with your, other, with your
1: SLR? I do both. I make it a point, you know, but now I'm going to tell you what I really do. And, I, and I'm giving you another great nugget, but it's Thank okay no, because I need we those. get along well. We do, we do. While I'm watching the game, I, I, I think it's important, especially while you're having people over, I kind of tag-team it a little bit, and it's not so much with the camera. It's with my phone, but then you got to make sure your picture quality is there, and that's the reason why I love the LG, the OLED TV. I have a lot of people around at the house when the TV is up. This TV is so sharp, you can be on the side of the TV, TV And it makes you feel as if when you're looking at it, you're directly right in front of it. That's just with the technology that they have, with the A9 chip that they have. For me, that's my big advantage. And that's the advantage to make people keep coming back to the house because it's 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 all about
0: the experience. So, yeah, it's the experience. But also, I I imagine you make just a great spread for your your guests, whether it's wings or whether it's barbecue or whether i mean you're a lean guy you're one of these nfl alumni that hasn't put on 70 pounds like you yeah. are pretty lean like congratulations i need to g- get on your program whatever that is whether it's just chickpeas and cherry tomatoes and just kale and just that's it that you just scrunch up together in like these protein balls whatever it is i need to apply that to my own life i
1: hate lifting weights you do i hate lifting weights i used to love lifting weights but now i'm strictly on diet You know, I I don't really I cheat a little bit, but for the most part, I'm gonna make sure I stay eating clean. Good for you, man. Yeah, I'm one of these late night
0: popcorn, full bag of chips kind of dudes. Anywhere between two and four a.m. That's when I'm doing damage. See,
1: that's bad. I know, right? That's that's bad.
0: That. Because it goes back to the tequila and soda. It's like afterwards, like, what do you, what do I want to do? I want to go home. What do I want to do? I want to stuff my face with pizza or something delicious. And that's me, like, oh, I want, I didn't want that. You talk about microwave generation. I want the immediate um, satisfaction right away and not prolong the, the statuesque. Oh, yeah. Bo, Bo Jackson. Can we talk about Bo Jackson? Because we mentioned this before we started. Yeah. You're an Auburn guy. Mm-hmm. Fangirling. Uh, or, or fanboying or whatever. Bo Jackson obviously is one of the most famous alumni from Auburn. Him, Frank Thomas, those are the two that come to mind. Uh, yourself, uh, Charles Barkley, those like the, you, you four dudes. The first time you met Bo, or maybe even the second time you met Bo, did you ever tell him how big of a fan you were of him,
1: <laughs> or just hold on to it because like I don't want to be. I no, don't know. Wa- no, the first time me meeting Bo Jackson, I was a freshman. He was at practice, and I saw him on the sideline, and I was like, man. I got to make sure every tackle I make, he has to go down. Like, he needs to go down hard. So, went through practice. That was no-brainer, no, no sweat. I came up to the meeting room to see one of the coaches. Walk in the room. Bo Jackson was there. And I'm thinking, oh, man, Bo knows my schedule, so he's in here. So, I walk in, sit down. I'm talking with the coach. Actually, it was Jimbo Fisher, the head oh, okay. coach at Texas A&M. And – uh. He was like, hey, Bo, I, this is the, this is all young man child we have in freshman year. Bo looks at me and say, so you're the one everybody's talking about, huh? I look back at him and say, I guess so. He waits for five seconds and say, you know what? I'll still run your ass over right now.
0: <laughs>
1: and I told him, I say, I say, Bo, you know what? I don't blame you for thinking that way. But if you want that other hip... You better keep it moving <laughs> because I'm coming. That's amazing. But that was my first introduction to Bo Jackson. And, uh, you know, ever since we've been friends since then. That's cool. Yeah. Very cool story. So, Bo was, so is this 94, 95? 90, 95. 95. 95. So
0: he's with the Chicago White Sox, I think, playing baseball. He's, football
1: yeah. was done. Yeah, he was, he was done with football at the time. With the,
0: with the White Sox. And he's still like, you know, he still has the aura of Bo Jackson. Like my dude was the greatest video game character of all time in Tecmo Bowl, and like arguably on the Mount Rushmore of greatest
1: athletes ever. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. They should have named Tecmo Bowl after Bo Jackson. That's right. Yeah. Think about it though. Bo Jackson football. Bo Jackson football.
0: But you can't use Bo Jackson in the game. That's the thing. It's like if you're playing uh, NBA 2K, you can't. You shouldn't really be able to use LeBron or Steph Curry. Because Steph Curry it. can shoot from the other friggin' foul foul line and get a three pointer.
1: Half court is like a free throw shot for him.
0: <laughs> I was in uh, San Francisco recently, and I was at this like fantasy camp, and there was a a old uh, pitcher, uh, I think his name was uh, Bill Lasky, and he was telling a story about rookie initiation. In his day, he played in the 80s, played for a pitcher for the Giants. And he said whenever they went to Wrigley Field, they had the rookies, the night before, they had to paint, there was like some statue that they drove around the, the, the stadium, and it was a horse, and they had to paint the testicles of the horse, in bright orange paint. (laughs) Every year, the rookies (laughs) had to do that on that Chicago trip. So then when the boys are on the bus and they're rounding the corner, they can see see these uh, bright orange balls on the frigging horse. uh, I know rookie initiation is a lot different now in 2018 than it was in 98. So what were the things that you either experienced as a rookie, either Auburn in 95 or with the Bills in 98, or that you made the rookies do?
1: I think... well, one of the things, we all we used to make the rookies stand up and sing. Okay. And that, everybody does that, so that's more that's so an everyday routine. But I, I, one of the best traditions I think we had was, <laughs> I still remember this London Fletcher. Uh, he would put a big order in of food, like for the entire defense, and uh, breakfast sandwiches. And if they came, and brought if it wasn't precisely, exactly the way he ordered it, he would open it up in front of them, and say, "You know what? I didn't order cheese. Did I tell you cheese?" And they would say, "No, you didn't." He'll take the whole box, store it in the trash, and say, "Go back to the store. Get me exactly what I want." And mind you, we're at work, <laughs> so you have to leave. But I give I, I, I give a. a A lot of credit to the coaches we had because that was a way to let the rookies come in and know like hey you got to pay homage to these veterans like if he tell you to go do something that's between you and that vet and you know and that and that was the way how the respect level was formed then I remember several times you know we used to cut the rookies hair and just let them walk around the whole day we used to give them the old man cut so (laughs) Cut out the top part of the hair and have the shag in the back, right? And and, and take pictures and, you know, it, it, it was an awesome time, man. Awesome time. See,
0: now this is that was in the era of like, like instant cameras, right? With the yeah, v- do, 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 get, or get away for the power, the pol- <laughs> yeah, nah. wait for the power. or uh, so the power up. And the z-
1: that was that, digital cameras I probably no. just came out by then. Ninety eight. Yeah, ninety maybe maybe. maybe, maybe. I don't know, but. Don't make me feel old. <laughs> no, how could you? That's, that's Come on, cabbie. No, that's
0: not the goal. That's not the goal. That's not the goal. You are raising a, a daughter, yes? Uh, yep, she, she's a Generation Z. She's. Uh, did I see she's 15 or 16? 16 years old. Wow, dude, a 16-year-old 16, daughter, year old 16 years
1: old. She's. You better stay handful. in shape, homie. I have to.
0: Do you, have you memorized that scene from Bad Boys 2 with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence when the, when the kid comes over to take uh, Martin
1: Lawrence's uh, daughter out on a date? And Will Smith came up? Yeah, Will Smith. Man, how old are you? 15? Look dirty, yeah. You look yeah. That, that whole scene. Not only that, my friends remember that scene, so we do it together. <laughs> oh my god! And you're like the most intimate until you smile. So like I'm, you're- I'm waiting. I'm oh waiting until a dude come over. There's He's no. He's not coming over though, no- and I hope she's listening <laughs> right now. Period. Just gonna be you and I until I get old. Then you can date.
0: <laughs> As a sports fan, when you're watching, I know it's like hard to to disconnect from the sport that you love when you're watching a very serious game, are you the type where you need to have, like describe your environment and and to set the scene for me when I'm watching uh, like a, my, my favorite team whatever I have the place is dark. I can't have any my like no I don't want to have a watch party. I just need it's like myself and the glow of the TV to be burning my eyes dark And like I, I might I might just have like half a cup of water beside me like I just I'm it's so Serious like I'm fully engaged and locked in to the to the experience to the moment. I'm wondering
1: Do I have a girlfriend? No, I don't. No, no. I'm wondering where you get your question from, because this is pretty good. My guys make fun of me. Are you you similar? Similarly weird? I'm weird from the aspect of I won't go to anybody else's house. Hmm. And the reason why is that they call me, you know, it's like, you know, 3K, 4K TV and all. They call me 5K TKO. (laughs) And that means... Because I've been spoiled, I had the opportunity to have the LG C8 OLED TV there, and I tell them I don't, I'm not going anywhere. If they don't have that, I'm not going. The reason why is because I have a lot of people over, and the, and I have the requirements. One, you can't ask a lot of questions. Nice. Be into the game. Right. Okay. Two, spread the love, meaning not only can you sit in front of the LG 8, not the the, the LG c 8 OLED TV, but you can sit on the side. That means you can make sure you can see everything. And the thing that I love a lot about the TV and where well, I get the feedback from my friends is that they love how sharp mm-hmm. they love the color and it's outside. And so they're like, wait, your TV's outside. Oh, it's outside. Oh, what? It, it's outside. You have it it's, like that? It's, covered, dude? it's not
0: just like in a living room. Like you have the TV is on in the backyard and you're. Yeah, on the, the yeah. Spikes
1: campus. Yeah, yeah, you know. So it, it it's like that. you know, And it, it's covered, but projects a, a great screen. And uh, it really makes you feel like I'm on the field. Like you can see everything on it. And so that's the reason why a lot of guys, they call me 5KTKO because they know I'm not going to go to a sports bar and see a TV that's going to be flickering. <laughs> I'm not going to go to a sports bar or somebody else's house and see a TV that... The, the, the two might be going out. <laughs> like, nah. I just I like what or I like. It's like
0: pixelated. Sometimes the signals are too pixelated, and then like sometimes the viewing angles aren't that great. Nah, you, you know, never that's... have
1: to worry about that. Do you host? Do uh,
0: you mention five K T K O? Do you host fight parties too? I do. There's a. Are you gonna watch the Golovkin, Golovkin and um, uh, Canelo Alvarez part two? Oh no doubt. It's in a. It's in a couple of weeks.
1: I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's at the end of the month. Yeah. Coming at the end of the month, but that's definitely a big fight. Did you have a fight party for McGregor Mayweather? No, did I didn't. You, you didn't? Okay. I was actually out of town, so I went to somebody else's fight party. But best believe I will have it for the next one.
0: <laughs> Tremendous. This is, uh, this is a lot of fun. I have uh, one more question. Could Takeo Spikes in 2004 be the same in 2018? I mean, I know you played at like 100,000, but then in 2018, where there's like different ways of like recovery and like and, and they're they're trying to make the game a little bit safer yeah. for you dudes. Do you could you be the same guy as you were two decades ago playing in the NFL now?
1: I don't know. I, I really That's a tough it's hypothetical. Hard. Like it is it's hard for the guys out there. And the reason why it's so hard because you have to imagine. Imagine this. You know any other languages? Uh, French a little bit. Un petit peu. Okay. Je
0: parle français. All
1: right. So uh, bon you're losing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> no. But my point is is this. We all grew up our first language was English. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like with the game as you continue to play, all of a sudden, after sixteen, seventeen, well really, honestly, twenty-three, twenty-four years of playing the game, now somebody is telling you to speak another language and you're supposed to do it at a high level and so that's the difficult part but it all goes back to the why the why is player safety and so I understand that I think about one of my fellow colleagues Ryan Shazier the linebacker from the Pittsburgh -Steelers. Steelers yeah so you know for me like is it tough absolutely it's tough and I want to acknowledge that but I love what the league is doing from the player safety standpoint and I know a lot of people were complaining in the preseason but I truly believe it took a little time for the refs to get it right. I still think they'll call it, but as time continues to go, especially now since regular season is in, we won't see the calls that we saw in the preseason. I believe that. So, to answer your question, I still think I can adjust just because I'm that type of dude, but it would be hard. Definitely would be hard.
0: Yeah, you almost have to play at a different gear, like you have to gear down because you have to can't leave with your head and like what's a tackle and what's a catch and all these sort of things. Again, which they, I believe they're trying to make it safer for the players, but just when when you guys are playing at 150 miles an hour to then like as you're one step away from someone then to, you know, throw on the parking brake to slow it down to like 60 so that the impact is you got to put your head on this side and yeah. you got to shoulder all that that's it's it's very difficult uh, Last thing before you get out of here just in watching like hard knocks and you get such a this great uh, Inside look of a, a football team and like the family that they built in the in the culture Um, and I imagine and I don't know this for sure you were a you were like the emotional leader for your teams, right? Was there a saying that you that you had as part of a, a way to get guys pumped up or like a go-to part of a speech that you had that you could share with us?
1: Yeah, I have a couple. Uh, one came from one of my best friends, probably the best leader i ever been around, and that was London Fletcher. Uh, he would get everybody up before the game and say, look, ain't nothing, he used to always say, regardless if we were at home or on the road, he would say, ain't nothing changed but the location. And depending on where we were, if we were at home, he would finish it by saying, and this hasn't changed. So every snap you go out and play today, play it as if it's your last. I used to come behind and just say, one of the things I always thought in my mind, regardless of how I felt, fatigue or whatever, is you always want to give a great performance because you never you never do know who is watching for the first time in the stands or on TV. Ah. Uh. And for me, that was like I reminded myself of that when I'm out there sucking eggs. I'm tired, <laughs> leaning over. Your back is tight, hands on your hips, your feet across. But that kept me going because I always knew I didn't want Cabbie coming out here seeing me land an egg on the field. That's just not. That's not TKO ball. <laughs> it's not. And so that was one of the things I, I really carried close to me. Throughout my career, even to this day, in anything else that I do,
0: I love that. I, I, Michael Jordan had a similar, similar uh, sentiment. Like you never know who's seeing you for the first time, so I always give a great performance. Yeah. Something similar to what you said. Uh TKO ball, that is amazing. That's really the thing I'm gonna take away with, with me is TKO ball. I TKO wish I could have I wish I could have had some of that, that uh <clears throat> that dust, some of that some of that energy around me as a uh as a young football player. But I'm I have it now and I still have another one hundred years to live. So Yeah, it's still not too late. No, no, we no. can find. Uh, Actually, some, I might, I might go to 108, We can my find gene. some
1: league teams that we can get you involved in around here. Maybe even come down south a little bit, and we can get you playing a little ball. Yeah, I have a problem getting across the border. Oh, uh, so, okay. Yeah, gonna Next chapter. Got to stay here in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it was uh, it
0: was wonderful speaking with you, and it was great to meet you. And uh, thank you for joining me on the Cappy Presents podcast.
1: All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to Takeo Spikes. This was Cappy Presents the podcast.